Hello, everybody. This is Alex Duffy, your host of Hive 33's podcast. This is our fourth episode to date. Today is December 15th, 2021. This is our fourth episode. And today, before I start advising you of what you're about to get into on this episode, I'd like to first explain why it is so important for you to subscribe to this channel. Each subscriber matters. Our analytics matter. We want to make sure that we're putting out content that works for you. If you like this video, like, share, comment, subscribe to our channel. And also, if you're listening to this right now, by the way, we offer this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you're one of those listeners, that's awesome. I also am a Spotify Apple Podcast bitch. But don't be shy. Go on YouTube. We upload the videos on YouTube so you can maybe get a better feel of who I am, what we're doing, and if you have any comments or questions, that's one of the best ways to get a hold of us pertaining the podcast. Um, so take that time to subscribe if you can. Next thing, what we're going to be doing for this podcast today. What we're going over today are a myriad of things. One, I want to bring up a significant piece of news regarding regulatory changes on drug screenings. That's going to be important. That's number one we're going to be going over. Number two, we really need to talk about what degrees, educational degrees, college degrees, what degrees are going to waste your time and money and what aren't. And I am going to be telling you based statistically on employability status, labor statistics, what is going on with these degrees? Are they going to assist you or aren't they? And why? And the next thing we're going to be going over is this little thing called bitterness. And bitterness, it bites us all. It bites every single one of us. Hopefully just a short period of time in our lifetime. But some of us, it is a chronic disorder. And what we're going to be going over today is bitterness in the workplace and or your home, the signs of it, how to address it, and how to potentially go into 2022 with a better attitude, better behavior, and better output in your environment. All right, so let's talk about the news. And the news right now, I'm before I get started, let me just explain, I am obsessed on regulatory matter, on regulatory affairs, legislation. I nerd the hell out on it. I really like staying on top of political things such as that because it affects my life and it's going to affect your life. And having some type of healthy relationship with keeping up with legislation and what's changing is pretty good because it it really does reflect into our society in a multitude of ways. Um, what happened recently, which is really remarkable for a city to do. This is a local government. The city is Baltimore. So the city of Baltimore in Maryland made a huge decision in their local regulations. And... Maybe you've heard about this already, maybe you haven't, but what they decided to do was they eliminated drug screening for the majority of their employment positions. 
I will say that they did not take away all the drug screenings from every employment position, and I'm assuming ones that require some type of machinery or driving, they're going to be drug testing those folks. But what's interesting is that they did this. Now, many of you are probably thinking, well, why would a city do this? Are there so so many drug addicts that they can't hire anybody? Is that it? That they just might as well get rid of the testing because everyone and their mom is high? Probably not. That's probably not what's going on. Um, Because if that was the case, basically every city in the United States would be experiencing this dilemma because the a lot of people are using a variety of narcotics right now, guys. Um, obviously, the opioid crisis is at an all-time high. Um, people, especially in the Northeast, meth meth is a thing. Like it is a popular thing. It's industrious. It finds its way into every corner, nook, and crack into the poorest communities. Somehow, these communities who can't afford barely anything for their infrastructure somehow can afford the industry of meth. But anyways, I digress. Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland, the city decided to deregulate or they changed the regulation for the employment policy so they could allow employees, potential employee candidates, to apply without a drug screening. I personally think that this is a good move. One, it does save money. So if you are considering a job, consider whatever the hell job, maybe it's administrative, um, maybe it's human resources, whatever it is, if it's administrative human resources, is it really going to affect that person whether or not you do a drug screening? I mean, what you're really wanting is their performance, right? And as long as their performance is on is on uh, task and it is obvious that their output is on point and that they're not missing a beat, is it really that big of a deal to not drug test them? I don't think it's a big deal at all. I think if they're doing their job and I think if they're following... Um, the guidelines within that position, the policies within that position, I don't think it's a bad thing to not drug test them. In fact, I think it's a great move. One, um, like I said, you're going to be cutting some fat from your budget. You don't need that anymore because half the workforce might not even need to be drug tested um, because they don't deal with potential safety issues such as maybe driving a... um, a truck like there's people who drive trucks in cities and such a, and people who are responsible for major safety infrastructure that will probably need to be drug tested right that's different but if you're just doing an administrative job why would you waste the thousands of dollars that it takes to get a drug test because by the way that does cost thousands of dollars to test an employee for drugs it's the whole logistics of it that costs money um, and you don't really need to do that now Another thing that that I enjoy about this little bit of news for this change of policy at the city of Baltimore is that they're not the only ones doing this. And it's going to be a flood of change coming our way because regulations are changing. Whatever side you're on, blue, red, middle, whatever the hell side you're on, it doesn't matter. 
shit is changing and you better hold the fuck on because what the city of Baltimore is doing is a reflection of what's currently happening. So they're not drug testing new employees coming on board for most of their positions, which means that the idea and the concept of having whatever in your system at that time isn't important anymore. It's not as important as it was. There's something happening in our culture that is changing the outlook of recreational drug use um, or medical drug use. So the whole thing that's really, I think, driving the force of this is one, you know, the opioid crisis is a, a huge eye-opener. It's affected a high, high, high population in the United States. Another thing you have to consider is, are these people just unemployable for the rest of their life? If they had a heroin issue at one time, are they just not able? Or if they're recovering, or you're saying they just can't get a job again? Second, um, medical marijuana. So medical marijuana has become legalized in a lot of these areas, and I believe Maryland is one of them. Um, and when you consider that, think about what medical marijuana is used for when you're given a mar medical marijuana license um, as a patient. Oftentimes it's for pain, it's to sleep, it's to eat, um, it's for anxiety. There's a lot of veterans out there who have PTSD that are utilizing a medical marijuana card and they, they, you know, they take their medicine maybe before going to sleep at night and they're normal people, you know, they're capable of a variety of things. And are you saying that this veteran with PTSD who's trying to just make a living for themselves, are you saying that they can't have a normal job? Because they're going to test positive for marijuana. And, you know, I find a huge flaw in the current regulation when it comes to that. Obviously, it's um, hypocritical. So, it's hypocritical that many companies still have to do this. And whatever you believe in, whatever side of the house you're on... That's irrelevant to the point because the point is they're giving this as a medication to people that's working for people, medical marijuana. They're giving it to veterans as well. And this is the thing that keeps them calm, cool, and collected and healthy. And are you saying that they can't get a job again? Because they're going to test positive on marijuana. Because that's that's what it is in a lot of these areas when you have a drug policy like this. You're discriminating against a lot of disabled people. Um, and I think, you know, allowing some jobs to not have the requirement is a great way to balance the situation. I am not saying get rid of all drug screenings. I do think especially in safety-related positions, that it, it is good to, pro to probably do some drug screenings. They definitely need to be more um, developed and have a higher accuracy. Um, there's a lot of arguments with that. We can go over another time. But I think what's going on in Baltimore is a good sign for the future. 
I think the balance of that is a good forward step into the future because there's a lot of people out there right now who have, honestly, they feel discriminated against because they are unable to get a job when they're fully capable. And when they're fully capable, have the education, have the experience, and especially, let's talk about vets, all right? Some of these people have 30 plus years of experience in very particular technological fields and it's not the company's fault by the way i should say it's not their fault that they have that they're doing drug screenings a lot of the time when it comes to government contracts if you're a government contractor if you're a company that you're bidding for these contracts oftentimes you have to supply proof that you're abiding by certain federal policies and things of that nature so that's kind of the reason why a lot of companies decide to do that. They want to show that they do these um, policy enforcements for their employee base so another company or a federal agency feels comfortable with purchasing from them. So it's not that I am shitting on those companies, but I am shitting on the hypocrisy of it all. Um, what Baltimore is doing is great. I would like to see more cities offer that for people, especially as somebody who helps, I'm somebody who helps people get jobs. And I am also a veteran. And I really feel for especially disabled veterans, which I'm also a disabled veteran, by the way, I really feel for them because it really does limit them career wise when it comes to finding a job. Um, that's going to accept them, especially if there's a medication that's working for them, such as medical marijuana. If it's working for them, I'm never going to tell them to stop taking it for a job because it's the, it might be the one thing that's keeping them going. Um, and it's really heartwarming to see positions, even in a city with great benefits, open up that does not require that because that means my group of people, disabled veterans, this group that I feel very much a part of, my veteran brothers and sisters out there, if you're disabled and you decided that medical marijuana was going to work for you, and if it does, there's hope. You can still get a job. There are still positions out there that do not require such things, and it really lessens the concern for a lot of people. So, that's out of the way. That soapbox is now done. If there are any questions about that, Baltimore's policies, um, drug enforcement, when it comes to employment and employability, please leave a comment and ask some questions and we'll do, we'll do uh, some research and talk about it. Um, now, let's go to degrees. Degrees are a really funny thing in the United States because it's basically a business right now. When it comes to running a university, it is a business. Um, and as anybody who has student loans understands, they're making a lot of money giving out these degrees, right? You might graduate high school at 17. And in four years, you might have accumulated $250,000 in debt for a degree. A degree that, by the way, might not even get you a job. So... <laughs> Please listen to me when I say, be very aware of your decisions and the type of degree that you're getting. A bachelor's degree 
is good to get. I would recommend a bachelor's if that if you don't have any other degrees so far and you're looking to enter into the business world, um, a variety of industries do require the minimum bachelor's degree. Um, there are some degrees that just aren't working anymore. <sighs> and we all have that friend. We all have that friend that didn't listen. And some, and we also have the friends that didn't listen and somehow made it work. I'm not saying that some of these degrees I'm about to list are completely hopeless. There is hope in everything. But what I am saying is the struggle is going to be real if you choose one of these degrees because odds are you're not going to be making more than maybe $45,000 a year. Maybe. That's that's tops in a lot of these jobs I'm going to be mentioning. Um, and what I meant about we all have that friend that didn't listen. We all have that friend that didn't listen that, you know, hey, should I get a degree in psychology? I mean, I love psychology. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I love the way people think. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. When you have that friend and they're saying, hey, I'm thinking about spending over $100,000 on a bachelor's degree in psychology. You need to grab that friend and tell them that that is a road <laughs> that will never equate the type of money that they're looking for. A psychology degree, if it's not coupled with a doctorate or a master's or coupled with another medical use, such as like um, speech pathology, so oftentimes... People who are speech pathologists might couple a, a psychology degree. If you don't do that, your bachelor's degree is worthless if it's just a psychology degree. It really does not help you. Now, I have friends who've gotten psychology degrees because they're like, everyone's doing it. It seems easy. It's interesting. Blah, 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 blah. Although it is, and I love psychology just as much as the next bitch, it's very interesting. I no no problem there. I agree. But the real issue is that it's not going to get you a job. It's overused. It's not going to get you a job. Um, most of my friends who've gotten these degrees do not work in fields that are utilizing their psychology degree. Um, in fact, actually all of them are not working in fields that are utilizing their psychology degree. And most of them are still making the median range of $45,000 a year, give or take. Which is not, I mean, if you're getting a bachelor's degree that costs $100,000, do you want to be making $45,000 a year? Probably not. Um, I don't see how you're going to pay that off and also pay your bills. So let's talk about more degrees that are just as shitty as a psychology degree. One of them is sociology. And sociology, the reason why that's not working anymore is that we don't care. Obviously, our society is going through such a traumatic mess that the sociology background right now is, is really just put on the wayside. People, There are not a lot of positions for sociology unless, unless you're getting a doctorate, again, in sociology and you're teaching at a college. You might be able to write something using a sociology degree, but 
how many people are able to write whole books that actually sell. So a sociology degree, that's not going to get you anywhere. And unfortunately, the, these are really the backgrounds that you're going to be going for with a sociology degree. You'd be going for social worker. You're going to be going for corrections officer or a counselor. And let me just say they're all within the $45,000 a year range. And if you spent, which you obviously did, if it's a bachelor's degree, you spent over 100000 is it worth it? I don't think it is. Let's go to another one. This is a fine, this is a, one of my favorites. Fine arts. If you got a fine arts degree, I don't know where your parents were. I feel terrible for you. I'm sorry this happened. I'm sorry nobody took you aside, shook you a little bit, brought you back to reality. I'm sorry that didn't happen. But unfortunately, your fine arts degree isn't going to help you get a job. Now, you don't need a fine arts degree to be an actress. You don't need a fine arts degree to be a model. You don't need a fine arts degree to be a screenwriter. You don't need a fine arts degree to, to be a director. You don't need these things for fine arts to do art. You just do art. That's it. Fine, that fine arts degree ain't going to help you one fucking bit. And I will pray for you. If you got a fine arts degree and you regret it, you put your name down in this comment box and I'll pray for your ass because I feel sorry for you for doing that. The, the only things that you can really get with a fine arts degree other than working in the arts itself, which by the way, you don't need a degree to work in the arts, but what you can get with this degree is a museum research worker and potentially a graphic designer, again, making the median range of $45,000 a year. Pretty sad. Oh, but again, we all have friends that have done this to themselves. Um, the next one is going to really concern some people. And I, I actually might even, I might get it taken down off YouTube for this one because this is, this might disrupt the peace within the community. A degree that I will suggest that you do not get, you do not get this degree is education. And oh my God, I know I, people are flipping over tables. Um, Cups are being broken. Plates are being thrown on the walls. I get it. But I said it. Education. Especially if you're in the United States. I'm thinking it from the eyes of an American right now. And the problem that we have with education in this country is worth a thousand more podcasts to talk about. But one of the facets that I want to mention is that they are extremely underpaid for what they do extremely underpaid. I have had teachers that have changed my life and they have no fucking clue and they they change so many kids lives every day but the problem is they're not getting paid worth a damn and it as somebody who consults for your career that consults small businesses to make more money that helps you make more money and be more satisfied. I can't possibly tell you to be a teacher because in the country, in this country, the United States of America, you're not going to be paid worth a damn as a teacher. You're just not. And it's unfortunate because that job is so important. It's so important, but they don't get paid worth a damn. And I'm not morally going to suggest somebody gets a degree in education because 
I'm not going to, I'm not going to push you towards financial strife. I'm not going to push you towards any type of difficulty uh, financially, especially in a field like that. Obviously, daycare teachers, elementary teachers, high school teachers, they're getting paid anywhere from $27,000 a year to $54,000 a year. And that's the median. And God, isn't it terrible? It's terrible. We would be such a stronger country, such, so much more cohesive, so much more technologically advanced if we just paid our teachers more. Um, I think that that could help out a lot of things. The next degree that I would not suggest that you get um, is a theology degree. Now, I am obsessed with religion as well. I love studying religions. I think it is so, so entertaining and uh, it brings, it actually brings me a lot of happiness. Uh, there, there's a lot of similarities in these religions and I suggest that um, if you're curious, you take the time to read up on what, what's out there and where they came from. But just because you're curious doesn't mean you should get a whole degree in it. So religious studies or theology is the degree of religion. It's a religion educator, basically, is what you're attempting to be. So you can be uh, a chaplain or a pastor um, or a religious educator. And they're making anywhere from $45,000 a year to around fifty-eight, fifty-five $55,000 a year. And again, really short median there um, for the salary, but still requires a degree that could be upwards of $100,000 or more. Is it worth a, th a theology degree? Um, if you're spending, if you don't have a scholarship and you're about to spend, you're about to drop $100,000. I would not get a theology degree because everything that you could ever learn about any religion in, in the entire world is in the library. You can just go rent a book, read it for yourself. There's your education. Um, you don't need to get a degree in that. Unless, I'm just, unless it's just calling you to be a pastor. But, again, that might not even be necessary either. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people right now that are, um, religious leaders that don't have a theology degree. So it's not even necessary for that either. Um, so don't waste your money on that. Another one, and this is something that is also affected by the pandemic. So tourism, hospitality and tourism. I honestly didn't even know that was a degree discipline until I think the last five years I found that out. I'm like, really? People are teaching this? And um, it's not worth it. It's not worth your time. Do not get a degree in hospitality and tourism. Number one, those jobs, that career is consistently fluctuating. And when it comes to the pandemic, what are you going to do now with that degree when most hospitality and tourism uh, requirements and demands are at an all-time low? So, in that regard, is it worth it to be an event planner? You can be an event planner, by the way, because this is, this is something you can do with a tourism hospitality degree. You can be an event planner, but you don't need a tourism degree. You can be an event planner and have a project management background. 
You can be an event planner and have um, a business administration background. You, or even just have years of customer service and um, collaboration. You don't need a tourism and hospitality degree. Don't waste your time with that. It is way too specialized. It misses the whole point. And unfortunately, with that degree, you're kind of like pegging yourself. And the last thing you want to do is completely peg yourself in this little, little itty bitty area of opportunity. And I always say this, and you're going to continue to hear me say this, your opportunity window should be wide. Do not focus in too much because if you're looking for another job, if you're trying to leave, if you're applying right now, why would you screw yourself over by looking for jobs that require just you know, this many jobs are open right now. Why would you do that to yourself? You need opportunities that are large, that encompass a large swath of opportunities. Like you want to go cross industry. You don't want to, you don't have to stay in one industry. When you do hospitality tourism, you're locking yourself into one thing and a very small facet of that thing. Whereas if you had potentially, you know, a HR degree or a business degree um you can be doing a little bit more with that or even just a a tech degree right now tech is intertwined in everything that's going on in business um ask anybody who's in it there is not a business out there that does not need it and that's cross industry so do something that's cross industry if you're thinking about a degree think about how can it relate to a multitude of industries not just one that could best help you the next one is nutrition um so in the united states here's there's gonna be a counter argument to this in the united states obviously 65 percent of the population is obese whatever you want to say to that that's the fact of the matter and nutritionists are oversaturated right now so there's a lot there's an oversaturation in nutritionists um it, are they necessary for our society hell yeah they are very necessary but as somebody who plans careers plans your education i do not suggest that you get a degree in just nutrition because getting a degree in just nutrition by the way what do you do you're just advising people on how to eat. That's it. You pegged yourself into one corner again. Guys, stop pegging yourself into this small corner. You're going to need to widen the opportunity range. Couple that nutrition degree with something else. That is not, should never be your center. Something like that should not be your center. You need to couple that with something else. And again, it's really only going to work for you the best if you couple it with a master's or doctorate in something that is a little more higher salary ranged positions um so for instance if you're getting a nutrition degree you're like well i care so much about food and you know the health of people yada yada i i know a lot of nutritionists and they really do care and they're very sweet people but oftentimes they're not making the money that it is that they really deserve and the only thing you're really capable of doing or applying for with a nutrition degree only especially if it's just a bachelor's dietitian, which makes upwards, I think minimum $53,000 a year food service manager. Again, we're talking $50,000 a year food scientist, whatever that is, (laughs) 
we're talking $60,000 a year. So you're still kind of limiting yourself there. And if, again, if you paid $100,000 or more for a degree, do you really want to strangle yourself financially only making $53,000 a year? No, you don't. If you are going to get a degree, this is a business decision. If you're going to get a degree, make sure that the salaries that you are projected to receive with this degree field, the industries that are involved, make sure that those projected salaries can pay you enough to pay off that degree. Don't corner yourself with a degree that's not going to, that's not going to serve you. So the, the next one, and I made a joke about this earlier already, is the psychology degree. So psychology, as we know, it's overworked. It's severely overworked. It's um, oversaturated. No one gives a fuck about it anymore. Nobody. Like, the just as similar as the sociology, even though it's important and interesting, nobody gives a rat's ass. Oh, you have a psychology in bath, a bachelor's in psychology? Who gives a fuck? Nobody. It's oversaturated. Um, unless you couple it with something or you're in a specific circumstance. So I'm going to give an example of two friends. One example is a friend that I have. He's in the Marine Corps still. He's now an officer. So I served with him in the Marines as an enlisted personnel. Now he's an officer. And he is an officer because how it works in the military is you cannot be an officer within the military unless you have a degree. And if they accept you, then you can do something uh, in a different career field in the military as an officer. But you have to have the qualification of a bachelor's degree. That's the minimum qualification. And he had a psychology degree. And that got him the position of being an officer in the United States Marine Corps, but he works in aviation supply. So you can see he's still not working in the psychology field. He's not really working that, but he was able to utilize it to make more money in a different field. So that's a really good example of, it's not hopeless if you have one of these degrees, but understand that you're probably not going to make money working that industry. The next thing, my other friend, he has a psychology degree, bachelor's. He is still working a position um, in aviation that's paying about, I would say, around $55,000 a year. And he's been in this position for about maybe 15 years or more. Um, he's not utilizing his psychology degree. And he wants to. He's been very adamant about doing counseling but the problem has been that you slowly find out how much you actually get paid as a counselor. And as it's egregious, you know, counselors really do deserve more pay, especially social workers. But it's just not the case right now. And me as a career consultant would never tell you to get a degree where the median salary does not serve you. So I advise you to not get a psychology degree. I advise you to not get a communications degree either. Communications, getting a communications degree is honestly, I've never heard of something so ridiculous. 
So, I'm talking right now. You're listening. Maybe you're taking notes. You have conversations with people. I have conversations with people. I can type an email. You can type an email. Um, we know how to correspond. We know how to collaborate. Potentially, we can work together, right? We have these attributes. Do you need a degree to prove that? No. You don't need a degree to write some news. You don't need a degree to um, be a copywriter, uh, a communications degree to be a copywriter. That's basically what you're looking at, by the way. If you're getting a communications degree, you're looking at copywriter, a journalist, or a marketing coordinator. Um, I do not suggest you get a communications degree because you can do a lot of these things already with another degree that could potentially pay you more and broadens your horizons. When you do communications, it's, again, you're strangling yourself. No one's doing... Journalism is dying, first of all. Uh, And to be a good writer, you write. To be a good writer, you write every day you practice. That's how you become good. You read and you write and you practice. You don't need a communications degree... To get a writing job, um, you just, first of all, you should be writing personally in self-publishing. Second, these writing jobs in itself, there are people getting journalism jobs that have backgrounds only in finance and economics, that have backgrounds in biology, that have backgrounds in political science, that, by the way, don't get a political science degree. Also... You don't need a communications degree to do writing is what I'm saying. Similar to fine arts. um, However, communications is kind of just the dullest degree you can get. It does not have pizzazz there. It doesn't really show that you can do anything special. That's kind of what it is. It doesn't show anything significant. And that's the last thing you want is to have a lack of significance in your degree that you chose. communications I would not suggest you get a communications degree alone it's not going to get you that far what I would suggest is coupling it again with something that's more higher paying in the salary range like maybe um, communications and project management or communications and um, marketing communications and you name it. It's just getting a communications degree alone is really unfortunate. Um, so that's what I suggest. Is it all correct? You know, is there some uh, room left for the devil's advocate here to argue against what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, what I'm reading off of, what I'm getting my information off of, are actual statistics right now in actual salary, median salaries within the United States. So you should really understand like what, what we're dealing with here uh, when it comes to the pay range. And the whole reason why you get a degree, by the way, people think, you know, I get a degree to learn. That might be like the third reason. You really get a degree because you're trying to be competitive and receive a job that pays you well. You want to make money. You want to live your life. And you want to do things, right? You can't do shit without getting paid. So usually people get degrees because they want a better salary and lifestyle. Um, 
and you really have to think about it in a business aspect when you're getting a degree. Now, the last and final thing, this is really, this is probably going to extend to this, um, a fifth podcast for this particular subject, and that is bitterness. Bitterness is something that affects all of us. It might be affecting you right now. Um, it might have affected you in the past. But if you find yourself, if you find yourself with a lack of patience, a patience that's so very thin, if you find yourself easily offended, if you find yourself yelling at people, um, if you find yourself being extremely defensive and on the edge all the time, if you're freaking out on people, if you're yelling at people um, at work or at home, I'm here to tell you that you're bitter. You're bitter. There's something that you're unhappy about. You're bitter. And you need to take some time, step back, look at your life and how you're responding to it. I have a friend He's been working a position for about the last 20 years. The same job. He's been working for like 20 years straight. And um, he's seen a lot of uh, political issues within his position in aviation. He's seen a lot of power dynamics that were healthy in the working environment and that weren't healthy in the working environment. He's seen it all. He's seen a lot of discrimination, um, a lot of controversies in his position over the last 20 years. And he's the type of person that he has found himself essentially almost stuck in his job um, because of his family. He needs to take care of his family. And the only thing that he really wants to do at this point is um, work for himself if he were to quit. And he has become, over the years more and more bitter over having this position in aviation for the last 20 years he's worked it. And we had a conversation about that. And the conversation was, you really need to step back and think that these people that might be offending you, maybe they're getting, maybe you think they're getting up on you, whether they are or they're not, it doesn't really matter. So, it doesn't matter if the guy at the gas station said something crazy to you. You can leave the gas station. It doesn't matter if somebody at work jokes around with you, gives you a little poke, you know, jokes around. Um, maybe a little dark humor or maybe like just a little bit, a little, you know, tiny little harassment, right? Is it the end of the world? Do you need to rip everybody's head off? No. It's really a matter, and this is something you're also going to hear more frequently, is you have, to, you have to really consider what's going on with your ego. So your ego is what's causing you to be better. It's how you see yourself. And it's how you respond to the triggers and behavior in your environment. If you see yourself... In a certain light, if you see yourself, if you take you, yourself too seriously, um, oftentimes you're going to flip out on people that don't deserve it. If you're unhappy in your current circumstances and you have no other way of 
escape in some way. If you don't, if you're, if you feel trapped, sometimes you're gonna bite at people who don't deserve it, right? And we really have to stop doing that because at the end of the day, being bitter is going to ruin your relationships. Being bitter is going to burn the bridges that you have at your work. Being bitter is going to create more unsatisfaction in your personal life at work and at home. It's going to affect you. When you're bitter, it affects you. Of course, other people, you know, reap the consequences of your behavior. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is belittling yourself. I've known more men than women because I've worked in male-dominated industries that have realized that they have an anger issue, that have realized that they're, they have a bitterness in their life, and they've made the conscious decision to realize when they're getting angry, to realize when they're feeling self-defensive, and, and stop it. And you really just have to feel it coming on, recognize it, understand that it's happening, and do something about it. Take a different route. Take yourself out of the situation. That's what I usually say. Take yourself out of the situation. They're not making fun of you. They're not out to get you. You're alive. You're healthy. You have a job. You have a home. Just laugh with these people. Don't be bitter. If somebody just randomly, you know, yells something or maybe they meant to be, a, maybe they meant to joke with you and you took it wrong. Who cares? Your life is short. We're all insignificant in this world. Why are you so important enough to flip out on everybody who makes you feel less than what you think you are? It doesn't matter. If you're bitter at your job, you don't have to stay that way. If you're bitter at your job and you're unhappy, the first change is your mindset. The first change is first, let's start off of why am I bitter? Why am I angry? What causes this anger? How can I control it? And then how do I move on? How do I make change so I don't take this behavior with me when I go? You don't want to take this behavior to your house. You definitely don't want to act that way in your house, especially with your family. Because let me tell you, somebody came from uh, parents, one parent had having a huge anger issue. I don't, we don't talk. I mean, most of my siblings do not talk to my dad. And it's been years. So... Keep that in mind. You can ruin relationships with this behavior. Um, it trickles down into everything. When you're bitter, you can make the conscious decision to change it. It's going to be fucking hard. It's a lot of nuance. But it's really just not taking yourself so seriously. And recognizing when you get offended. Recognizing when you get angry. And preventing it from growing. Recognize it control it over time do not take it with you when you leave do not take it with you when you go home we're going to be going over more um, 
assistance when it comes to anger management in the workplace, when it comes to bitterness. And we're going to be going over some more degree issues going on. So we're going to be talking more about that in the future. So stay tuned for next week. This has been a longer podcast. They're probably going to get longer. We'll see. Eventually, we're also going to have a podcast for you related to air traffic control, which is a job, by the way, that tops out at about $250,000 a year in the United States. I said it. $250,000 a year in the United States, it tops off at. So we're going to be talking about that um, in the near future. So stay tuned for that episode. It's going to be really, really important for those who are interested in that career. And... Um, I look forward to hearing from you guys in the comments. Make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe to this channel on YouTube. If you are a Spotify or Apple Podcast listener, follow us on those platforms. I I personally like Spotify. Um, and if you are interested, we have a discount right now for Hive33. It's called um, GRATITUDE, all caps. It's the promo code. So go to our website, www hive33.org, plug in the promo code at your shopping cart when you ordered your services, and you get 40% off. Uh, we are doing a gratitude challenge right now. So in honor of that, every day we uh, name three things that we appreciate. And at the end um, of this challenge, which is, by the way, the end of the challenge is uh, January of 2022, January 1st, the new year. So you have that amount of time to post um, what you're grateful for on our Instagram with us and you have that amount of time to utilize our promo code because it does expire the first of the year. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you guys.